Hey, it's Kyle Meredith, host of the Kyle Meredith with podcast, presented by WFPK at WFPK.org and the Consequence Podcast Network. It's a series that puts the spotlight on iconic musicians and actors, inviting them to drop by and talk about their latest projects, whether it's albums, TV shows, films, or beyond. I'm going to say something I don't want to say. Here it goes. Without Spinal Tap, there is no Tenacious D. Whoa. <laughs> Man. We get great stories and the biggest scoops from people like Garbage's Shirley Manson, the 1975's Matty Healy, Jack Black and Kyle Gass of Tenacious D, Maya Hawk, Kiefer Sutherland, and everyone in between. New episodes arrive every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, so it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover some new ones. You can find Kyle Meredith with on the Consequence Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Journey through the stories that define the artists playing Bonnaroo. Who are they? What are they? What will you see? The what? Which bands? This year, that matter. With Brad Steiner and Barry Corder. The What Podcast, a podcast for Bonnaroovians by Bonnaroovians. Bonnaroovian A, Barry Corder, Bonnaroovian B, Brad Steiner, and this is Taco. Nice shirt, Taco. How are you? Thank how's it you. feeling? How's it, how's it fit? Oh, it fits great. It's a great, great shirt. You never felt sexier, have you? Never. <laughs> yeah. Never not great. You know, Wait, hang uh, on. great. There we go. Now you feel even better. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the man, you know, I think that you could dress in PBR cans and feel comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would feel pretty good in that. <laughs> uh, well, uh, welcome to a uh, secret uh, podcast, a secret show, um, off-cycle out of season, how's the life, Barry Quarter? Let's do some pleasantries around the room. How are you? Life is uh, is pretty good, but I gotta be honest. Now that you ask it that way, the reason I'm wearing the hat got some very sad news here in our fine city. I, um, your toupee fell off. You lo- you finally <laughs> lost your toupee. My toupee fell off, and it and it's found its way to your mouth. It's so it, it's eating my face. <laughs> it's so funny. I did I I determined before we signed on that i was i was not going to be the uh voice of doom and gloom anymore and then i lead with that but uh everything else be a happy episode i'm it's going to be a happy episode episode i'm ready to move forward so everything's good well uh first off it's a happy episode because i am living my best lord taco life got the 16 too i I got top boys as well I'm telling you, we're getting very close to Ruham territory with our <laughs> uh, beer drinking. We're gonna have like a PBR versus ham fight at some point. I don't, uh, I don't think I am okay with that. I, I wish. You uh, could speaking of which, it. Parker, yeah, Par- Parker said he's gonna send me some hams for my birthday. Nice, Taco. Mm-hmm. You're gonna hate it. You, you don't like anything that's not PBR. You won't drink a juice box, much less something that's not PBR. Yeah, water, milk. I don't know. I've never had it. I'll, I'll give it a fair what, take. What, water? Never had water. I'm very, I'm very interested to hear your impression. I, my memory, and it's been forever since I've had it, I don't think it's that much different than PBR. So I'm very anxious to hear what you say. Maybe, okay. a, little, maybe a little sweeter. Mm. But it's been oh, a long time. Just like you. Exactly. Oh, look at this. See, it's all positive. It's what, what is the what's the bad news, BC? Songbirds. Uh, ex- explain. Because not everybody Songbirds. lives, Sorry, not everybody that's lives right. in, the, in the giant metropolis that is the 100,000 uh, population of Chattanooga, Tennessee. Sorry, sorry, sorry. The hat that I'm wearing, Songbirds <laughs> Guitar Museum, which is the world's largest collection of rare and vintage guitars, here in Chattanooga has closed. Oh my, what the? <laughs> the world is calling me. I'm very popular. Um, Songbirds is closed, and it's such a cool place. Um, um, the connection to us, not just Chattanooga AC Entertainment, 
uh, sort of help book it because of connections with Mike Dewar, our friend, Camp Mate, Camp Nut Butter Mate, uh, um, those sorts of collect connections. You know, Chattanooga, we're only an hour and a half away from Knoxville, so it's there, there is that connection. Brad, you've been there, obviously. Taco, I think you guys saw uh, Turquoise, right, just before you left town, Brad, right? That was the last we show sure did. we will yeah. ever yeah. see was the Turquoise. Last- the last real show. Yeah, so ever. there is a Bonnaroo connection. I'm not pulling it out of nowhere, um, but it's it's closing its doors. Uh, announced, uh, I announced it in the paper on Wednesday. Um, it's it's sad because of what it says. You know, I mean, it's a huge loss for the city, but it's a great venue. And anybody who's been uh, through this area, we've had a couple of our guests on who said, you know, they made the the loop down on their way to Bonnaroo to see it. So that's why I mentioned it. It's not a totally out of, out of nowhere mention. So I think that the reason why it's important um, is that it's, it's so indicative of, you know, just where we are and how hard it is for, you know, these really interesting, uh, thoughtful, wonderful places that mean a lot to the overall, you know, zeitgeist and the overall colorful palette and the quilt that has been knitted uh it's tough to see something like this go and it's indicative of the rest of the industry man i mean not only is it a guitar museum but downstairs it's a performance hall and you know sorry to interrupt but even upstairs yeah it's uh the north and south is venues uh and just to just to add on i just saw it yesterday emmy sunshine who was our last guest or guest before i guess uh she shared my story and uh made some very nice comments i think she she played there what a month ago so that that's why i mentioned it it's not yeah. like you know it's totally out of the way but go well, ahead because you're look, you're exactly no, right it's it, it you, is very indicative you've got you've got a downstairs room that is you know the to me my favorite type of room 250 500 max uh everything feels really intimate and it barely makes any money. You know, it's sort of like the exit in. You get this tiny, tiny ability to have a margin. And when all of that goes away, you're not going to be making, you know, enough money off of a guitar museum in the middle of COVID. So how do you keep the doors open? You know, we have a, uh, we have a tea shop in Chattanooga. The, the wife owns a tea shop. And she said something so interesting after I told her Songbirds was closed. She said, uh, uh, I bet their lease was coming up. And I said, I, I don't know. She said, well, if my lease was coming up, I wouldn't be re-signing anything right now. Right. She's right. She's 100% yeah. right. I can't imagine how many more people that's – this is going to be the story. You know, and, and once we start seeing the songbirds is a small, 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 tiny little, um, you know, thing in the overall spectrum. But the exit in, the things like the exit in start falling. Um, then well, what again, happens to the metro in Chicago? You know, the metro in Chicago, one of the most iconic venues in the, in the country is just, it's on the way. The tabernacle in Atlanta, these things are just going to keep falling if something, if something doesn't change. Yeah, and and to connect more dots, I mean, uh, Chris Cobb, a guest on our show several weeks ago, uh, owner of Exit In, is good friends with Mike Dewar, uh, the guys at AC Entertainment. They, you know, they all share stories, and that's that's why it's so key. Now, uh, to that point, before you go any further, to that point, you've got um, the Chris Cobbs of the world that run uh, Nashville's Exit In. He also had something to do with the bigger venue in Chattanooga, which is called The Signal, which is a fi- about 1,000 capital. No, you're right, 1,500, 1,600. Well, it is, could be. Is there, is there any sort of chatter in town about Signal closing as well? There is not. He is, and Chris is no longer uh, involved. He sold his interest in that, but he was involved when it opened. I have not heard. Um, I do know that our friend Tara another camp nut butter who was managing it. I don't, I don't think is involved anymore. I think she took another job uh, about what a month ago. Yeah. Um, so well, the reason, you know, the reason I all, ask all, all you folks living on the other side of the country, these are names, you know, that mean nothing to you. Sure. But the but reason I asked, the reason I ask is ripple effect. Thing. Yeah. The reason, the reason I ask is you've got, you've got, you know, if, if Chattanooga is going to start shutting its doors, Chattanooga is, you know, as small as it gets. You know, small, so, big town. 
Yeah, yeah. those small towns are going to be the first ones that start going. Um, and they're probably going to be the start of, of the tsunami if there's ever going to be one. Um, I guess that's why, that's why I ask, you know, because if, if a 1,500-seat venue in Chattanooga, Tennessee is gone, boy, who's next? Who's next? It depends. And, and, and uh, yeah, again, I'm trying, not to, I'm trying to be positive. But uh, now the, the Songbirds announcement in our world not just this, you know, in Chattanooga, but in this part of the country was massive because nobody thought it was it would close. You know, I mean, yeah. it had a, it had well, strong backing and it was all the momentum and it's a cool place and, you know, on and on and on. So, yeah. Hey, look, I mean, Chattanooga has two music venues. New Orleans has 50. Yeah. Um, you know, sure. is, is the Maple leaf or the white maple or whatever the hell it's called is that going to survive is tipitinas i mean tipitinas has straight up said that you know we have until october one before we got to make a really hard decision and tipitinas being closed if, t- if something happens to that legendary venue it feels like you know part of the soul the city is going to be ripped away so you know Oh, and I, it's it's tough to think about. So thanks for ruining my day, Barry. <laughs> I know, right? I, <laughs> there goes the positive. Yeah, I, I I feel like I need a hood and a scythe. I mean, yeah. it's it's all I do is. <laughs> uh, also, this we week was bad. This week was bad. I I mean, we had three local festivals announced they were either canceling or going virtual um, this week that I wrote about. So mm. it just was a really really rough week. But yeah. Uh, just just to tie it back into the podcast, we did an episode from Songbirds. Remember, we interviewed uh, Drew Holcomb. Yeah, Drew and uh, and uh, Brad from mm-hmm. AC. Yeah, yeah. About uh, movies. What was so What was so great about that? It was a great venue. It was a great chat, but it was the worst audio we've ever had. Uh, so it really wasn't. <laughs> wasn't even. Yeah, we're not going to link back to that, are yeah, we? Yeah, it, no. sort of, it was sort of like our own private uh, show. So good. speaking of virtual festivals, have you have did you do any of the Lollapalooza virtual fest or any of that kind of stuff? No, I haven't really done much of that. Uh, the one I wish I had because the reviews I've read and you went on and on and on about it was uh, the one down there, uh, New Orleans Jazz Fest. Yeah, yeah but it that wasn't might, a, it wasn't a virtual awesome. one. It was just like it was just listening yeah, but, to it on on the radio. Right, but it sounds so cool. Um, yeah, it was, it was really well done. So the Lollapalooza thing seemed to, to go really well. The, the C3 people were very happy with it. Um, you know, I, I can't imagine these things, you know, working for the long run. We, we did a drive-in show, also C3 put on with Revivalists. And surprisingly, with somebody who was such a, you know, negative Nancy about these drive-in shows, it really worked. It sort of worked. Now, again, these things work because they're in a vacuum. You know, they're the only yeah. thing that's going on. So anything that happens seems to be great. Uh, but and you had it, a you had a pretty good you had a pretty good moment at the end, right? Didn't you have? Oh a, yeah, I forgot all about that. Okay, you have so a moment. Yeah, all right. So we did um, we did the drive-in show. Let me just walk you through how the drive-in show works. Um, everybody gets a parking space that is two parking spaces away from the next person in your row. And what you get on one side of your parking space is an entire other parking space that you can tailgate at. And then there's a parking space in between you and then the next car. And so uh, they do this 50 rows back. So you're not close. You know, it's, it's not like you're up close and personal and feeling very intimate, but you're outside. You get to see other people. And here's the best part. They had signs in every one of the pods for merchandise, et cetera, that you could scan a, a QR code and the guy would bike the merchandise in a bag over to you and deliver it to you to your car. Now, expand that for a second. Imagine how you can do that with food delivery at one of these drive-in shows. Uh, the, it, it, there's actually a chance here for this to, to turn into something that works. Now, here's the problem. Well, Sounds one, like... Wasn't, was there a car hop in the 50s or something like yeah, that? Is that, yeah. I mean, uh, you know. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. It's sort of like a Sonic. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, so two other things. One, it, every row came with its own row of bathrooms. 
its own reporta potties, and every row had a person spraying down and hosing it down and wiping every one of the bathrooms down after somebody used it. I thought that was just over the top great. And then, so the best part is you've got, um, you can tune into the radio and all that kind of stuff, but you did the math. There's 500 cars, and it was 100 bucks a piece. So do the math. Tell me how per much. Per person or per car? Per car. And you could yeah, get yeah, as many exactly. people mm. legally into the car as you could get. So right. what's 100 times 500? Barry, you're the, you're the math major here. More than two. I don't know. I'm not going to say. So as many people as you can it'll be fit wrong. into the car? Uh, you, can, you can legally put into the car. I can bring a lot of people in the bus. Yeah, and that would have been fine. Legally. Yeah, yeah. legally. Yeah. Um, yes, so the, the point that I'm making uh, is that you take, you take the amount of money that you pay for a ticket, multiply it by how many tickets are sold, and split it in half and that's your that's basically what costs you to run the event right. the rest of it is probably for the band so production costs security space rental that's that's probably half of it the other half yeah. is probably going to the band it's not forgive a good me. payday it's not the best payday for say the revivalist but it's something for, and forgive me for asking but the one you went to the revivalists were there live this wasn't a uh, thing like garth brooks did where it was broadcast to several right, right. they were they were like, okay okay right so so you put if it's 20 if it's fifty thousand dollars split in a half you get 25 to 30k production etc and then the rest goes to the band if it's 20 grand it's a good payday um and it, it's not the best but it's it's good now with that being said i i i bring this the math up because it ain't gonna work for tool you know it's <laughs> The math's not going to work for Alabama Shakes, but could possibly work for Brittany Howard. Uh, 25K to 30K, maybe if you bill it correctly. Like, for instance, the two weeks before that was was Tank of the Bangas. The week after that was Galactic. Tank of the Bangas not costing you 25K. Uh, Galactic not costing you 25K. But revivalists do... You could probably make the math work and, and pay somebody 50 grand over the course of a six-week drive-in show. And they did all of this without any sponsors. Not one sponsor. It was all just based on ticket price. So the possibilities are there. It could yeah. work. It could monetarily work. Now, is it going to work on the long term because people's you know, desire for a show is going to get – desire for a show to be better – than just being 120 yards away. They're going to want a better experience at some point. But for the short term, I can see these things working. I, I totally agree. And I, the, the money is going to be, I mean, going back to our conversation with Jeff Becker, the attorney, you know, entertainment attorney, who, by the way, congratulations, got named to what? Every top 10 entertainment lawyer list around, right? Rolling Stone, what it taco? You, yeah, you know I think that? we, uh, I think it was Rolling Stone, and we re, we retreated that. Oh yeah, how, yeah. How did you know that? Uh, Entertainment Wire. Have, really? Do you have him on like some sort of Google alert on your phone? Like, how did you find that I, out? I I probably Taco shared it. Uh, I know no you, uh, yeah. Bud, but well, yeah, I saw. You know, but then yeah. I saw it come through the AP wire, you know, through the paper. So how about we, that? Yeah, good we for him. We follow him. We follow him on Twitter, and he retweeted it. So. You know, yeah. So good for him. Yeah. But, uh, okay. I forgot where I was going. Oh, but he was saying I was saying the money's going to be reconfigured. To my prediction, and this is just my prediction, is this is what we're going to see. We we there might be pretty soon where we see the big time names in some venue that you never imagined. You know. By the way, by the way, I love how Barry just made a prediction that something's going to happen that has already happened. Uh, okay. Well, it's uh, I'm, it's safe. Uh, no, I'm talking. Well, I predict. I, mean, I predict we're going to do a podcast today. That's my prediction. <laughs> you're in you're in New Orleans. I'm talking about even smaller places where yeah. we're seeing acts doing acoustic sets, or you know, they're not going to be the full blown stage shows like we're used to. You talk about Tool. 
you know, maybe not, but yeah, I it's not going to work for Cardi B. No, probably not. There, I mean, there are there will be some where it will not work. Absolutely, but and, and on and to and to your point, not only is it financially not going to work, but also you know these things have got to be you know regional and have the band with you, and you know well, you're not going to be able to 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 transport thirty five people. That that's the other part of where I was going is a lot. Some of these, the artist is doing it so their crew can get paid. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I know that's happening. It, well, yeah. One of the first shows that we saw here in Chattanooga was strung like a horse. And that's the reason they did it so that the guys around them could get paid. Yeah. That was back mm-hmm. in March. Uh, but I, I think that's what we'll see. Yeah. Um, you know, the, it's not just the singer that's at home, you know, it's the guy driving the truck. Yeah. So, All right. So the other thing that we wanted to uh, pop on and do today is uh, leak a song. The big news is that we got a copy of a song that uh, I'm really proud of. And, and we get to debut a song to the world that no one's ever heard by a band that, you know, it's an up and comer who could be the next big thing. You never know. But friend of the show, repeat, repeat, have a brand new song, and we get to debut it to the world on this podcast. And you guys haven't even heard it. Taco and Barry haven't even heard it. Nope. Nope. Yeah, so I, um, I broke the rules, and I stole one of their songs, and I'm bringing it to the podcast <laughs> so that you guys can hear what they've been working on and based on their new album that is currently in development. But yeah, I'm breaking the rules and, and, and betraying their friendship because I think that you guys deserve to hear the next big album. Oh, hello. Oh, uh, what, ha- what was that? That was Jared. <laughs> he was attacking me. Uh, he t- He's trying to keep you from leaking the song. Yeah. (laughs) Anything to keep from leaking the song, yeah. So so I was hoping we could play it right now uh, on the show and uh, get you guys' initial reaction to it and see what you think. Let me open a PBR first. That was not the song. That was not it. That was music to my ears. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Boy. The chief... Um, Cheesy dad joke. So good. <laughs> so good. All right. Let's play it. So the name of the song is um, Wind in My Sails, um, and it's going to be released on August 28th, I hear. And so we get it absolutely first. That's my birthday. Wow. Happy birthday Happy to birthday. you, yeah. Taco. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> you And you never, you never even told the story I was getting, trying to get you to tell about oh, the Bible. Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot about so the, the, the back part of that story. Yeah, I didn't care about any of that other stuff. Ah. <laughs> so we get done we get done with the show and I look around and behind us is a car full of kids and one of which has a Bonnaroo crew shirt on. A crew twenty seventeen shirt. So I run up to him like, Hey dude, nice shirt. I love the shirt. He's like, Oh man, yeah, I was part of the crew a couple years ago. I was like, Yeah, where'd you volunteer? And we started talking about the volunteer thing. I'm like, that's so awesome. And, uh, and some other friends of his came over, started talking, Bonnaroo, et cetera. And, one, and at one point, the, the, the girl, and I so apologize that I can't remember her name, uh, but she cocked her head and she goes, are you Brad? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, yeah, I, but I've already told you that. She goes, the podcast. I listen to the podcast. <laughs> and then that became the domino to the next person. And he said, and God, I feel so bad. I forgot his name, too. He goes, Oh my God, I love the podcast so much and hugged me. <laughs> In the yes. middle of a pandemic. Now, why is that funny to you guys? Uh, well, lots of reasons. Well, <laughs> y- you, you wouldn't even hug somebody on a good yeah. day. No. Uh, that's exactly no. right. No. That's right. Uh, so I had to hug him and I had to hug her. Um, and uh, they were they were big fans of the podcast, so I, I couldn't have been. It was, it was totally weird. It was a very weird thing. I've been in New Orleans and been on the radio in this city for five months. Uh, it took. I, I've had more people talk to me about the podcast than my radio station, uh, which is very strange. <laughs> well, very nobody strange. nobody cares about sports and weather anymore. Okay, sports and weather. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, very odd thing. You can find podcast listeners everywhere. That's how weird this whole thing has become. Um, so yeah, all right. There you go. 
Are you gonna shut up now so we can play the song? Or I was just I was just biding time, my friend. Just biding my time. This is "Winded My Sails" from Repeat, Repeat. Let's uh, go through some of the Patreons that are, uh, you know, so unbelievably stuck through us through all of the uh, madness of 2020. Absolutely. Karen Sheets, Timothy Proctor, Aaron Carlson, Liesl Condor, David Grimes, Phil Hanley, Chloe Hannon, Benjamin Wells, Tori, Musical Antlers. I gotta love that name. Mary T, Skyler, Melanie and Jesse Feldman, Parker Reed, Dan Sweeney, who was with us uh, earlier when we were recording some of this. Joshua Herndon, Lauren Edholm, Yeatman, Tyrone Basket, Evan Brown, Ross McNamara, William Richards, Will, uh, Clay Wilhoyt, Sean McCarthy, Ryan Mathewson, Chelsea Davis, Lucy Young, Jason Hazelbaker, DK, Linda Doles, Jacob Marty, Andrew T. McBride, Justin Negro, David Salino, Catherine Riccio, Meredith Rittman, Daniel, and Charlotte Horton. Hey, guys. Sean. And I can't read the last name. Oh, there it is. David Henson, Brooke Tussie, and Ella, who we just learned from seeing the, the spreadsheet, actually lives here in Chattanooga up on Signal Mountain. So, hey, Ella. And out yeah. of nowhere, look who decides to join us. One repeat of the repeats. Mr. Jared, Mr. Hello, Jared, Jared, repeat. I, How are you? I am doing very well. Hey, hi, guys. Thank you for having me on. Kristen, uh, she may pop in at, uh, uh, at some point. She is helping uh, for nine years. She's helped with this community uh, art gallery and uh, uh, like online festival thing uh, for the East National community that we wow. lived for like 10 years. So it happens once a year. It's called Tomato Art Fest, and uh, she helps with that. So she's helping with that today. Today's oh, technical. okay. Well, what are you what are you holding right now? What is this? I'm on the farm. Got? You know, I just I like to play banjo on the farm. You know, <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't? <laughs> yeah. Well, I saw you in Camp Nutbutter, and what goes better with camping? Wow. Than playing a little oh, banjo. Yeah. Boys, you know what I'm saying? This is this is how I think that you've misread Camp Nut Butter. The thing that goes best with Camp Nut Butter is hair product. Uh, no, it's moonshine, banjos. actually. Yeah. It is moonshine. I did it again. Oh, what is I did it again. You need a tripod. I know. Jared, you have you have no idea. Brad has been grandpa today. It's been a disaster. It's, it's, it's been a total oh Well so <laughs> Yeah. So what's what's ex what's exciting is what's exciting is this is the uh, world premiere of Wind in My Sails. This yeah. is mm -hmm. the first time ever a song has debuted on a podcast. Yeah. Well, thank you. We uh, thank you for doing it. We are the song comes out technically August twenty eighth, and that's uh, my birthday. Happy birthday! Well, that's thank you. you. That's an amazing uh, present. Thank you for releasing yeah, right. that on my birthday. You're welcome. Jared, yeah. I, I hope you weren't hoping that this was going to be in any way about you today. Because <laughs> <laughs> between the two of them, <laughs> not even. I mean, Kristen's the one that sings mainly on it, but uh, we we yeah. are putting out two songs that day. The second is a cover song from the '60s that uh, from a song that was in a Tarantino movie that we really liked. So, um, really, you know, yeah, it's a weird time in the world. So we were just like. We were kind of like, screw it and let's let's start working on some some music. Uh, we knew this year was going to be a chill year for us. We we were going to kind of lay low anyway and just start writing again and working on the next record. And it just felt like time to put something out in the world. It's been about a year since Glaze has come out, and so yeah. you know. But we're sitting on about twenty two songs right now, and Jesus. Uh, so this is just this is a little, little almost happy. as many almost as many pets as you have. Uh, it's almost yes. Uh, that's true. So we're—it's just a little appetizer in the interim uh -huh. before we, you know, decide when we want to put out a whole record and stuff the, like that. So, the the yeah. song—the song is unique in that you sort of let Kristen sort of take over with the vocals, huh? Yeah. Well, the truth is—is is I've actually I've wanted her to sing more leads forever, and also like half the 
well, more I'd say more than half the bands we love have girl lead singers in them. Like one of our favorite bands is a band called Always, and it's like mm -hmm. a girl singer in it and stuff. And so that's like definitely our style. And so, uh, but yeah. she be very shy, and so uh, she just kind of she would always want to whenever like the mixing process the last two records we put out she'd always be like can you mix me a little more and down in the mix and at some point we'd be like i can't even hear you she's like that means i sound perfect <laughs> yeah. man uh, barry's but, barry's been trying to run that on me for years yeah i was really glad to hear brad say that though because i was just thinking before we came on our first conversation at camp nut butter that was part of it was kristen was not overly reluctant but you kind of had to talk her into being part of it right and then the last yeah. time we talked she i didn't was know that way more uh she yeah you don't remember that she was mm -mm. sort of reluctantly and then the last time we talked it, and and she was like uh yeah i don't have a problem expressing my opinion anymore and now with this she's she's right out front so it's fun to see that progression yeah well i think the world just changed so much this last year uh and our perspective has changed so much. And just like, you know, when you, when you take away as like an indie artist, when you take away touring and you take away uh, like festivals and any element of like you know, human interaction outside of, you know, her and I, it's like uh, you realize like it really brings you back to the focus of like, why are, are we doing this music? You know what I mean? Especially at our level. Like, I mean, if you're, you know, if you're, huge you can put out a record now and, and hopefully it does well and whatever and not have to tour or anything like that but um at our level it's like are we doing this because we love it are we doing it you know you get in the cycle of like you tour and you come home for a few months you make a record you put the record out then you go tour again and you just do it constantly yeah. and it's really easy to like forget why you want to do it it's easy to forget that sometimes it's okay to like take your time to make art like because the the industry and just the commerce of all of it is kind of like, I mean, literally the CEO of Spotify just the other day was like, you know, if you think you can just put out a record every couple of years, you know, and make and get by doing that. But I, that kind of like denigrates a lot of the idea of art in the first place is like, why can't you take time to create something that you feel really proud of? And if it takes a day, you know, it's like Paul McCartney made a record with one of his bands, like in, uh, they said it to make it in a weekend. If you can do that, that's great, but not always does that happen. So the last record we made in 20 days with Patrick and this record, we were like, take, let's take as long as we want and just make the record we would want to make and not care about the algorithm or if it gets on radio or whatever. Like we have to, if the world ends in a year, like we yeah. want to die knowing that our, the last music we made, we were, we loved ourselves. You know what I mean? Not that we didn't love the old stuff, but there was certainly a mixture of the commerce in that is like, you know, are we writing this? Is this going to be good for radio? Is this going to be good for playlisting and all this stuff? And now we're just this, at least for this record, we're making what we want to make 100% good or bad. So, so with that being said, that kind of changed Kristen's mindset too, because she's like, we have nothing to lose. So like, let's say whatever we want and like, let's try new things and all that. And that was part of it. And honestly, it feels a little weird because I think for the last couple of records, people have been like, you should, people always come up to me. They're like, you should let Kristen sing more. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not like over here being like, no, you know what I mean? Let me. No, there was this one time. I'll never forget this one time. I was in the studio with Jared and Kristen and they started a song. Jared walked over and slapped the microphone right out of her hands. He was so angry. He's like, get out. Start. I yeah. hear that a lot. I hear that a lot too, Jared. You know, yeah, I bet. you should, you should get Brad to stop talking so much. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I, 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 I hope to hear her on many more songs and frankly, on next Absolutely. record, she's, she's on, she's singing lead on like probably half of it. So, um, it's, uh, it's really exciting. We're just, like trying new things and we have the time to just be at home and, yeah. and in our studio and like, and all also like, it's been fun for me cause I get to try new things. So like on the track that you guys just played, um, I sang the backups, and so that's kind of a new world for me in a lot of ways. And we were trying to go for like Beach Boysy harmonies and stuff, and I was like, so I've been looking up how did you know Brian Wilson get a lot of his harmonies and stuff on Beach Boys? And I read something that was like, um, 
two secrets. One, he made all the men sing falsetto and mixed it in the background. And two, I think they said like child abuse or something like that. Those were two secrets to Brian Wilson's signature sound. Was you know what I mean? Like which part? A- which part did you attack first? Yeah, uh, was like, did you go with the challenges? And a terrible childhood. I was like, well, I did falsetto. <laughs> he also skeletons or something. He also had his brother Carl, so that helps. But uh, exactly, yeah. It, it sounds I, like it sounds it, like uh, Kristen had a lot of fun with it too, though. Um, you know, it wasn't just. Uh, I mean, it really sounded like she enjoyed doing it. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, and as we've been doing more of these songs, she's gotten. She's definitely like learned to embrace that too i don't know man like uh russ are you married uh not anymore only the pbr Uh, yeah okay Okay. so like Uh, there's there's this thing i mean we can i think we can all relate to this uh because we all have partners is like i there's something with like Kristen. beats up on herself sometimes like as an artist like she'll be like i'm not you know they like downplay it sometimes and like i don't know it it was like kind of getting around that like at one point she had like her her sister came up to her we were like playing i mean we've played arenas like at one point i was like we've we've played like arenas with the black keys and modest mouse like you're definitely she'd be like i'm not that good of a singer or whatever and her sister at one point was like you need to stop saying that you're not a singer like embrace it like you you know be proud of it and i think yeah but but I think, but think, and you might agree. But if you don't, that's fine. But uh, it would almost feel like an arena is even easier than sitting in a studio or at the house. It feels so much more vulnerable than an arena, where you look out and you see just blackness. Well, I definitely think the studio part you're right about. As far as the house part, I think that's what helped us kind of get into a different creative mindset because we've always made uh-huh. records in the studio with producers and. That element is really cool and exciting, and it's nice to have somebody else's ear. But you're on their time. A lot of times you're on their property, and you're on somebody else's dime and stuff like that. So there's an element of, like, if you wanted to, you know, if you're not getting a take and you want to come back in a few hours and have a few drinks and be a little, like, you know, tipsy and see if you can loosen up a bit, you don't feel sometimes like you have that creative ability, too, because Mm. you're dealing with other professionals, and you don't want to come off as unprofessional. Um, and that's probably more of a personal thing than like, I'm sure like if Patrick, I'm sure if we were like, Patrick, can we get drunk and then take this song? He would be like, fine. But I mean, I think it's a personal thing. You don't want to seem like you're being unprofessional on somebody else's time. So here, what was nice is we could try We could be like, we're not getting this tape. Let's try it in the morning over coffee. And like, you're just sitting in pajamas on the couch and like holding the mic you know, and sometimes when you're in a studio, it's it can be kind of like um, sterile. You know, you're like in a booth. You're like literally in a vocal yeah. booth, and you have five people standing. You know, you've got the label person behind the board looking at you like this, and you got like the producer, and he's sitting there, he's listening, and it's just it can be a very like to somebody who hasn't done it all their life. Like I threw Kristen into this environment like when we met, so um, I think she's able to feel more comfortable just doing it at home. Like I can just be like. Hold this mic. Have this coffee. Here's a cat. Now sing this track. <laughs> Here's a cat. Uh, yeah, I'm drunk. I'm I'm drunk on Kitty. Exactly. <laughs> National Cat Day, by the way. Jared, you, is it? Last time we talked, uh, you kind of said you learned so much from that last album about how to produce, and so I mean, it it sounds like everything you're just saying, sort of. Uh, further emphasizes all that you've learned so much and now you're you're to this point and when you were talking earlier about and and i actually want to ask all three of you that the whole idea of we're it's such a weird time that everybody's kind of rethinking why are we doing this you know there are no rules you can do whatever you want to do kind of thing that has to be sort of freeing right i mean isn't that what we're talking about is that yeah. basically the essence of it all is do what like, do what feels right yeah it's also terrifying because it's like we came back from the keys tour and started the new year i mean we had a, we had a couple festivals and some shows booked and stuff but for the most part we were gonna kind of lay low and we were like when everything got canceled you know and all of that uh we realized like um it just it, it felt very 
scary. Like I realized I've spent 25 years of my life just doing music. And if the music industry completely collapsed, I was like, I don't have really any other skills. Like I put, I put everything into this. Like I never planned a fallback plan kind of on purpose. You know, like I read something recently that was like, the worst thing you can do is have a fallback plan because you'll fall back on it. You know what I mean? It's like, if you jump in with both feet, like that part of that fear of falling off the cliff keeps you going. Right. And so, uh, that was kind of terrifying. And I realized I wanted to try to learn some new skills. I realized I didn't really have any skills. I was like, what am I good at besides music? And, uh, so the, I picked three things I picked, uh, producing. Cause I realized like I've spent more time in studios than I have, uh, in college. Like I've spent, uh, 10 years in studios, like recording albums and stuff with different bands and stuff. I spent four years in college. So it's like, I have more experience doing that. And I know stuff just by proxy and asking questions. And I have so many producer friends. And then the other two skills I want to learn was woodworking and tattooing, <laughs> amateur tattooing. So amateur uh, tattooing. This is, this is, yeah, this is just for him to save money. <laughs> so he can give himself true. tattoos. It's all yeah. true. Cause then I'm like, I can work on my house. And uh, and then I don't have to pay for tattoos. Honestly, I think like if we were why all could, by the way, why couldn't you just do veterinary uh, <laughs> skills? Yeah. Just learn to be a vet because you're spending right. more money on vet bills than you are anything. That's true. Like if we were all smart guys, we would all like we would all just get really good at amateur uh, automobile repair and dentistry. Think of how much money we would save. You know amateur I mean? dentistry yes that's here's, what i want on my business card amateur yeah. dentist that's what i was getting ready to say here's my pro tip jared i wouldn't put amateur tattooing or amateur yeah. dentistry on your your card or your sign or anything i'd leave amateur out of well i realized that out of that the woodworking and the tattooing just became a hobby which frankly um you know i'm sure you guys being in this industry and stuff like if you find something you're really passionate about and you do that um, like Brad, you with radio and stuff, it's like, uh, at some point that becomes your career and then it's not a hobby. You still love it and you're passionate about it, but now you need a new hobby because that's not your hobby anymore. Right. It's the thing that pays the bills. So I realized through that, the woodworking and the tattooing is just a hobby one, because I don't want to pursue that career wise, but two, I'm not that good at it yet. Uh, so but then the producing stuff, I just, I, I can get myself lost in it and we just, it has allowed us to really feel like, I feel like I'm learning stuff. I'm asking questions. I'm watching uh, tutorials. I'm reading books on it and stuff like that. And so, and all my favorite producers, uh, they all like their whole thing is like, we have no idea what we're doing. We're just making it up as we go. There's a couple rules to follow and everything else is you just try stuff constantly until something's yeah. So. Yeah, well, as long as you're, you know, mastering the ink blot tattoo, I think you're going to be pretty good uh, at the amateur <laughs> tattoo job. I get myself this shark fin on my on my pinky. Okay. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. And it's not, not even upside down. That's impressive. I know. I know. Yeah, pretty good. When I go on Google, I'm thinking, I want a tattoo. I'm going to go find an amateur tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> Let me find know? the guy that just started. Yeah. yeah. Well, is, is First day my, on the job. Yeah. All my idiot friends were like, as soon as, because I realized, because tattoo artists, they're all kind of insular. They all hang out together. When you think of tattoo artists, you think of guys that are like covered in tats, they wear all black, and they go to like motorcycle rallies, right? Or they go to like heavy metal shows or something, right? You don't know a lot of dudes that are just like, you know, that are just like, oh, hey, I play like wispy indie rock music and like, you know, I like to drink IPAs and I'm a tattoo artist. I don't know. Really. And so all my idiot friends. <laughs> Boy, Jared, that my... sounds like every tattoo guy to me. <laughs> I don't know about you. We're like, you got a tattoo gun? Oh, man, I will get a tattoo from you. I think they're all cheapskates, too, because they're like, if it's free, man, I'll get a tattoo from you. So Right, but I've got Jared, a... Jared, my, my, point, my point to this is this is the exact same way in how, like, getting your hair cut from friends started. You know, I was like, oh, I can, yeah, I can do that. Sure, that's fine. And then everybody's now there, cutting hair. There's a, there's a huge difference, though. That yeah. hair is going to grow back. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, I got my, I got my first haircut like since COVID started. So it's been almost a year since I had a haircut, like a real one. 
And uh, like I gave myself haircuts and Kristen gave me and the haircutting guy that was cutting my hair. He was the barber. He was like, he did that thing that people do when they're like being nice about something that obviously is terrible. So he's like, he's like, look at my hair. He's like, so do you like, um, do you like your hairstyle to be like longer on one side and shorter on another side or whatever? I'm like, you mean like look like crap? No, I don't like that. You mean, do I like cutting it with like a beard trimmer that I used in the bathroom? No, I don't like that. That's just what I did. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking for the at-home haircut look. Can you give yeah. me that, Mr. Professional yeah. Barber? Yeah, he's like, do you really like terrible hairstyles? Is that your thing just before I start cutting it or whatever? I was like, no. <laughs> Is it going to matter what this looks like afterwards? <laughs> right. Because if so, it, I'm your guy. It's the I hate my parents look. That's what I'm going for. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we call that the Hitler Youth Cut. We got the Hitler Youth Cut. All right, so uh, what about the new album? Uh, if you've got some uh, things coming out on the 28th, that means you're obviously working, you know, towards, you know, uh, you know, paring these down from, from 22 to something. Uh, yeah. how, how does that process go? How do you go from 22 to 12? I don't know. We, so many things are in the air. I mean, we, our whole motto right now is to not force it and not rush it. You know what I mean? So... Um, these two songs were going to come out a few months ago and then some things happened. We got with new management and talking to some people and whatever. And we just were like, let's just wait a minute. Let's just wait and put it out later. And I'm glad we did. Cause then we waited and then we were going to put it out like three weeks ago, I think. And then we were like, nope, let's wait a few more weeks and we'll put it out just cause we weren't, we were still figuring out if we were going to put it out with this thing or that thing and getting some content ready or whatever. And we would have put it out the day that Taylor Swift's record come out. And we don't want to, we don't want to, you know what I mean? I know Brad knows. What I'm hey, Jared, about. I, I'm going to, I still <laughs> think your stuff is better. Well, thank you. That's, a, that's <laughs> great. Uh, so these songs are coming out just because we want something for our fans and our friends to have like in the interim while we're figuring out what we want to do next. But um, I don't well, know. I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll tell you what I like about it is, not just that that it's a little bit different because Kristen's uh, taking lead on it, but it still feels like you guys. What I like the most about it is that it's not, you know, wrapped up in this COVID sort of thing where everybody's got to write a song about quarantine, where everybody's got to have a song that's, you know, ties back to the zeitgeist of the moment. I, I'm already tired of that. I'm already yeah. over it. I don't need it anymore. That was Kristen's big thing. She was like, I don't really? want to quarantine song no matter yeah. what that's and, a good thing yeah so when we're writing lyrics we're like we'll be like uh yeah she'll be like ah that sounds a little too like quarantine like low-hanging fruit she says yeah, low-hanging fruit yeah. right. hey jared jared can i read you some feedback because we played this live on youtube yeah. and uh dan sweeney one of our patreons is listening he said this makes me feel like i want to lay out in the what field and close my eyes sipping a pbr that's what yeah. he said about Wind in My Sail, the song we played. Nice. That's awesome. Well, that's like, that's the perfect, that's the other thing too is, is like, we wanted to make stuff, man, this, the record, like the record's all over the place too, because we like, we, it's funny, we, there are songs where you can tell we, we draw from our influences, like our really like chill influences, our Mac DeMarco influences. There's songs where we're drawing from our like Fiddler and Broncho influences. There's songs, so like there's rock and there's like chill and there's like, all this stuff. Uh, and so we are just kind of like throwing everything out the window. We're like, <clears throat> it, we don't know what's going to happen next. We want to put out like a double album. And as crazy as that, it's like, because in our mind, it's like, we have these songs. I don't want to like sit on them for years because we put out, because the industry says put out 10 or 12. It's like, let's put them all out when we're ready. And then I'll write, we'll write and make more. Now that we have the tools and the abilities to do it at home, it's like, I, the longer I sit on these songs, the more I'm going to, be writing more songs and these songs aren't going to be relevant to my time and place in my life you know but i i actually i i actually i talked to uh i'm, I'm not i'm not trying to big time anybody but i was talking to somebody the other day and uh, i asked the question how many times you've gone back to a song and be like you know what i want to do this one again i want to start this one over oh mm. uh, have i yeah i see that's the thing is like uh i i come very firmly from like once it's done it's done let's move on because i feel like like uh it's a time and a place thing too i mean like literally we bought some nicer gear we we have bought some nicer gear just even since we recorded that song since we recorded win in my sale and 
Christian was like, well, maybe we could use that new microphone and go back and re-record the vocals. This was like a week ago. The song's already been sent to the distributor and like, it's already mastered and everything. But she's like, maybe we could go back and sing with the new microphone. And I was like, no, it's done. Like, it's we all sat in a room and agreed. Management agreed. Like, it is done. It got mastered. It's already sent to the people. I was like, we... We're not going to capture that magic again, like of that song. Like, you're not going to capture that moment that night when you were like sipping scotch and you had the cat on your lap and it was dark and it was stormy outside and you were feeling like chill. And we're not going to capture that. It's going to be a different moment. It's not going to be that. I'm learning that about production too, is like it has taught me to write differently too, because uh, you realize that you, and it has taught me how to record differently because you're like, you have to capture a moment. Like, if you don't capture that moment, you're mm. just, you might as well be singing, like, a, a, you know what I mean? I, I, and I get that. But, but I'm really interested in this idea, because no one's ever done it, yeah. is taking, you know, maybe an iconic album that they've, let's say Radiohead. Yeah. They take Kid A, Kid A, and they take every track, and then they just try to do them over again. Just do it again. <laughs> Create a new moment with the same songs. Why has nobody ever thought about you, this yet? Do you think that would be any better, though? I think it'd be interesting. It'd be different. What? Yeah. Put it in podcast perspective. Are there any episodes you guys would go back and redo? I don't even want to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that one at Songbirds, for sure. Yeah. yeah, I like to just, once I'm like... Once something is like set and into motion, I like to move forward and like. I know, but on. I guess the point is like I want to create a new moment for, you know, Kid A. Now, if it's all about a moment, I'll just take I'll take tracks one through four and create a whole new moment with them and see where it goes. Now, I know like this might be a terrible idea, but it sounds like I I can't believe no one's ever even tried it. Before. No, they actually have. Uh, there have been several. Uh, not, I mean, not to disagree. It's interesting because it, I can't remember who I talked to an artist. Who redid one of her classic albums? Who? Uh, I'll think of it. Oh, you know what? But Here's some. Did, uh, but she did it. She was. She's now twenty something years older. So the songs that she recorded at twenty one. Now that she's had children, marriage, she redid them. They meant something entirely different to her. Oh, so Morissette did that. She uh, she did Jagged Little Pill like in, as like more stripped down. She did the whole record front to back and re released it, and you know, and sold it yeah. at Starbucks. <laughs> so that was kind of weird. No, kind she's, of weird. she like, sold it while working at Starbucks. No, it's yeah. like uh, Alanis Morissette now, like twenty years later, singing acoustic jagged little pill songs being sold at Starbucks. The, the, the all the little subtleties of that are very odd to me. Yeah. Just, I'm at Starbucks. Can I get a Pacino yeah. and Jagged Little Pill? But also yeah. the fact that it's acoustic seems very strange. You ought to know acoustic seems like a very strange idea to me. <laughs> she did that. You know? Yeah. What? what? Man, what? Oh, no. I mean, it's a what are we yelling at? What? What are we going to yell? What are we going to yell at? Is, your, is Kristen yelling at us? I'm, told to be, I'm being told to be sweet. I, th okay. I think it's a very interesting <laughs> idea. Like you said. Oh, that's all I think. It's, it's very interesting. <laughs> Boy, if she if she's upset about you for not being sweet, she does not want me to start talking about the Taylor Swift album, does she? Yeah, she does do not that. want to hear that. Ah, uh, from the other room. She said she'll fight you. Okay. She's literally community work right now, and she was like, "I will fight Brad over Taylor Swift." Um, I I like the new Taylor Swift album. What? I like the new Taylor Swift album. Yeah, don't get us started here. Like, oh, don't come to okay. our three months. It, it is uh, literally Kristen will go through like an entire catalog of Taylor Swift songs before we get out of bed. Like, I'll be in bed, like looking at my phone, reading the news, and it'll be like the juxtap juxtaposition of like the Democrats and Republicans couldn't agree again on something, and Kristen's <laughs> in the background, and she's like, she'll sing track three for a few minutes. And then she'll sing like Cat Five. The other day I got her on film. She didn't know. And she's singing to our dog. She's cardigan to our dog in bed. Just the dog. Singing. But did, did, you even, did you even give her the, my theory about this album? Or is this going to have to be a, a, another conversation that I have to explain myself as to why I think this album is total bullshit? Brad, Brad I don't tell her anything you say. Okay. About <laughs> Thank God. Okay, good. I want, I want good. to remain on good terms in my marriage. Okay, good. <laughs> also remain friends with you that you say about taylor swift don't worry we will talk we'll talk about this offline 
Uh, I think you're a secret closeted TS fan, honestly. Uh, I, I, I like some of her stuff. I really do. I think this album is, is a total scam job. I think it's a total scam job. I know her, I know her, I know her management too well. It is a total scam job, what she's trying to pull off right now. And, and she's got the money well, to pull it off. And, well, you know, working. I what? think it's working. And it is working. She's got the money to make it work. Uh, Jared, Leave it there. Kristen's going to start I know. Hey, thank you for letting us uh, release the song. Um, I'm excited that we get to uh, to share it with the world. I'm excited to hear the new stuff. And uh, you know, thanks thanks for keeping keeping indie indie rock alive in your uh, barn in North Tennessee. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Y'all are so kind to us and everything. And uh, you know, uh, it. We just we wanted. Uh, part of like feeling very free about this music and about just where our headspace and creative like zone is, is like, we, we don't have any like rules to this whole thing. So we were like, screw it. Like we want you guys to like play the song and we appreciate that you guys did it. Because, yeah. You know, and real crew have been very supportive. So we really appreciate that. And there'll be plenty more to come. Like we are very, things are just moving. I feel I'm like excited. We're in this time i don't know if it's like just all the shit that's going on in the world but like uh it brings something out of you if you're like sensitive to that stuff in the world i think that good and bad but i think it takes that kind of duality to like help create the creativity moving so we're feeling very creative good. and that's exciting you won't have to worry about quarantine songs from us you won't get a good. single one <laughs> All right. Well, get he's uh, they're they're buying a camper soon and taking a road trip around the country. So come on down and see. All right. Soon, buddy. Wow. Yeah. Wow. We're looking for one now. Like literally, we're supposed to hear back about a, a log cabin yeah. on top of a trailer that we're looking at. So Good. who knows? I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> pulling up to uh, Nola to come see you, Brad, in a log cabin. Bring it. I'm all in. I'm okay. all in. All right. Thanks, buddy. So give Thanks, our best Jared. to Kristen. Bye. Love you guys. Love you. Love you. Thank you. Thank you, Jared. Jared, my man, Jared from Repeat Repeat, uh, getting a little leaked audio from the uh, from the new album. Uh, Wind in my sails, the new song. I guess it's out August twenty eighth. Uh, it's fun. It's 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 fun to to break music, Barry. Is something on fire? I just blew a candle out. I didn't. <laughs> you like August... the ambiance? August 28th, that's my birthday. I get a new song oh, from Repeat Repeat on my birthday. Do you know, you know, you guys, you guys, you guys give me so much shit about me making it all about me, about me, about me. Have I told you one time when my birthday is? Have I even brought that up? No, it's okay. the only thing you haven't brought up. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really, I, I hope Jared comes out of his shell at some point, you know. He seemed a little little subdued today he was a little yeah. kind of held in back um <laughs> yeah when when the kid discovers coffee we're really we're screwed <laughs> we are totally screwed what a great um, song though what and what a cool thing what a cool thing for him to do that for us to, to... you know it, it's very look uh, there's there's a couple things that i i don't like about this industry um and one of them are the artists and uh he has <laughs> been one of the very few that i've 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 really, really taken a liking to, and we've become such good friends because everything that you see and everything that you hear is so unbelievably genuine. Um, it's just, that that part of it is just incredibly rare in all of this. It just well, doesn't you, happen very often. If you remember, Brad, when they when they came to Camp Nutbutter and we did the show, we did we decided that they were the yes couple. You know, you remember mm -hmm. everything about them is yes. Yeah. You know, can you will you be a guest? Yes. Will you do yeah. this? Yes. They actually yeah. played for the uh the beer. I mean, guys, right? With the yeah. the Rubus. I mean, they're yeah. just they're just yep. great people. And yeah. And and those are the kind of people I really want to, to yeah. succeed and, and, and break through in a very difficult, very difficult time. I, I don't I can't even imagine how it's how it has to work for we were saying earlier the the venue people and the tour people and the crews and not just the artists but i like this is you think of artists and you think of musicians and you think of the ones that are massive you think of the taylor swifts and they're going to be fine but but the repeat repeat level guys it's hard to make a living right now it was hard to make a living before 
Uh, yeah. How to make a living now is is just I can't even imagine how difficult that could be right now. I agree with what you're saying, but I think he sort of addressed that, um, and I kind of wanted to get into it a little bit deeper, and, and maybe we will later. But what he said was taking advantage of this time to sort of reinvent not just themselves, but their music and how they do things. And I think I that's know. the key. I, I know. I think that's the key. I know, but but as we've talked about before, and I've said it to him, what happens when you know things start to normalize or somebody tries to... Uh, then Taylor Swift is there too. Uh, then everybody else, then Frank Ocean will be there, and then who knows? It's going to be an it's going to be a free for all of of stuff being released, and it's going to drown so many out. Yeah, but he he has an answer for that too. He's got that tattooing thing. <laughs> He's setting Man, himself up. I don't know how I missed the big amateur tattoo diversification. angle of my career. Yeah, diversification. No yeah, all right. <laughs> Guys, uh, thanks for joining us on the What Podcast. For Lord Taco, Barry Quarter. I'm Brad. We'll talk to you next time with Mitch Ryder. Next episode of Mitch Ryder. That'll be a fun one on the What Podcast. Talk to you later. Love you. Bye. See you guys. Hey, 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 hey! How y'all feeling? Journey through the stories that define the artists playing Bonnaroo. Who are they? What are they? What will you see? The what? Which bands? This year, that matter. With Brad Steiner and Barry Corder.